fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Over the Christmas holiday, ICE drops off hundreds of migrants in El Paso, Texas. We'll talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying Jesus was also a refugee and the president saying he has no idea how long before the government will reopen and it's not going to reopen until we get a wall. All of those things coming up this morning. My name is Mike Broomhead and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you've ever experienced heart racing, shortness of breath, or dizziness, it's possible you could have atrial fibrillation, one of the leading causes of stroke. Find out before it's too late with CardioMobile, the FDA-cleared personal EKG device that's just $99. To order, visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. CardioMobile fits in your pocket, so you can take an EKG anytime, anywhere, right when you feel a symptom. CardioMobile delivers a medical-grade EKG right to your smartphone. In just 30 seconds, you'll know if your heart rhythm is normal or if atrial fibrillation is detected. To order CardioMobile today for just $99, visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. Take unlimited EKGs morning, noon, or night, so you can always know how your heart is doing. CardioMobile puts peace of mind in your pocket for only $99. Order yours today. Visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. Trust you had a Merry Christmas. My name is Mike Broomhead in for Glenn Beck the rest of this week. Happy New Year as we approach the new year. Some things seem to not change over the Christmas holiday. Um, Immigration and Customs Enforcement dropped off about 124 people at a Greyhound bus station in El Paso, Texas, with no notification to the community. They say they should have notified them. There was really no place for any of those people to stay. Another 200 to be dropped off additionally after that. This is the fallout from the current laws in America. And this is why this is such a sad state of affairs. Again, as uh, if you've heard my show or heard me in for Glenn before, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been there for almost 24 years, grew up in southwest Florida, and uh, transplanted to Arizona, which I absolutely love. But Arizona being a border state, we deal with these unique issues as well. A few weeks ago in the city of Phoenix, they were notified, the Phoenix Police Department was notified that the same thing was happening. That, And they, at the time, gave no number. They said a number of people. Without giving specifics, a number of people were going to be just dropped off in Phoenix, Arizona, many of them wearing monitoring devices or, or ankle bracelets. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement is so overwhelmed with people seeking asylum right now, and the laws are such that they have to be processed in a timely fashion. I believe it's 20 days. If they're not processed, we are in violation of the law. So they are giving a, an arraignment, so to speak, and then a hearing date to about the legitimacy of their claim for asylum so people are being given monitoring devices and then they are just being released into the streets of america with dates for uh their hearings sometimes two years down the road in the meantime we know what's going to happen and we'll that's just give me a minute for that but this is what's happened in the city where i live Hundreds of immigrants dropped off seeking asylum, dropped off wearing monitoring devices. The Phoenix Police Department was notified and told these people have not necessarily committed any crime. Normally, when a law enforcement officer comes in contact with someone wearing a monitoring device, they are going to ask them certain questions. They are either released 
as a part of probation or parole or they're being released, you know, waiting for some other uh, sentencing or something else. But it usually shows that they are being monitored as a part of a sentence. They question them. Most of them, if they are on probation, you have you who can stop them and question them as to what they're doing. Are they is this a time of day when they are supposed to be out or are they supposed to be confined to their homes? That's what that monitoring device normally indicates to a law enforcement agency. So not only was the police department in my hometown notified that most of these people haven't committed any crime whatsoever. Now the police are charged with trying to figure out, is this someone that's just on a hold or on a release from custody of ICE? Or is this someone that's a criminal that is, is, is living out a sentence outside of the walls of jail or prison? And it adds one more layer of difficulty to the job of police officers. They also were notified, again, don't forget, that you're not supposed to interact and do the job of the federal immigration enforcement. And there are certain rules that you have to live by as a city police officer versus a federal employee, which again, a little side note is the odd is the strangest thing to me. Every other federal enforcement agency that I know of works hand in hand with local law enforcement all the time. DEA, Drug enforcement does it does um, task forces and does sting operations and enlists the help of local law enforcement all the time. There's never a controversy in the U.S. when the DEA partners up with a local law enforcement agency, whether it's a city agency or a sheriff's department, to do drug interdiction. They use them all the time for the help of manpower, for surveillance, for intelligence work. Happens all the time. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, same thing. The U.S. Marshal Service. Recently in Arizona, we had a U.S. Marshal, first time in decades, killed in the line of duty down in Tucson, Arizona. And then there was a shooting right before Christmas where a, uh, a violent offender task force for the Marshal Service had to kill a suspect, shot and killed a suspect in a shootout. Those happened just a week or so apart. But the U.S. Marshal Service enlists the help of local law enforcement in apprehending suspects all the time. By the way, if you're on the list of people that are being chased by the Marshal Service, you might as well give up because that is an agency that does a phenomenal job at chasing down fugitives. But there's not another federal law enforcement agency that I know of that doesn't enlist the help and work hand in hand with local law enforcement. Every FBI bureau in every state in this country has a JTTF or Joint Terrorism Task Force. They work hand in hand with the state police, local city agencies, and the sheriff's department across the state where the JTTF is located in every field office that the FBI has. No questions asked. They work hand in hand. Less than 20 years ago, in the where I'm where I live now, the city of Phoenix Police Department, the Border Patrol used to monitor the city of Phoenix Police Department radios channel. And if there was a need for an interpreter, a Spanish speaker, or if a police officer came in contact with someone that they thought might be in the country illegally, they simply got on their radio because Border Patrol used to monitor that channel. And Border Patrol would show up and either interpret if necessary or take someone into custody if necessary. Now, all of a sudden, it's the one federal law enforcement agency that local law enforcement is forbidden from working with. 
It's insane. But this is the state of American politics. So the president says we aren't going to open the government until we get some kind of a wall. For whatever reason, the Democrats are, well, we know the reason, the political reasons behind not giving the president a victory on this. The absurdity of all of this is that everyone agrees the system is broken. Everyone agrees the system is broken. So now you have hundreds of people being dropped off in El Paso, Texas. It's already happened in Phoenix, Arizona. It's happened in cities all over the country. These people are, have nowhere to go. They haven't, their housing's not going to be provided for any of them. They are basically on the streets. So you are going to see in a city like Phoenix, a couple of hundred people can be absorbed by local charitable organizations that can take people in and give them some kind of, of housing or some kind of refuge until something else can be done for them. Um, El Paso, I don't know if they have what, uh, you know, if they have the availability of doing that, but you are just have people because the system is overwhelmed. This revolving door of what's happening because the laws have not been changed are just cranking people out through the system, giving them a hearing, giving them an arraignment, so to speak, and then sending them out. This is the state of a system we have been a part of creating. And while we watch the two political sides of this argument fight it out, the reality is there are communities now being very severely hindered as far as their ability to give charity in helping people. It really is a shame that it's come to this, but there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. You look at what's going on politically with the left and their 180-degree shift on illegal immigration. And you have to wonder where the politics ends. Because to be honest with you, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. There is a humanitarian aspect to all of this. And to be very fair, the people like myself who are saying there's a rule of law we must abide, and I believe that, that that's a part of the problem here is that people are doing things the wrong way. We also on our side of the political aisle should be admitting that there are real people being put in the middle of this. There are people being told in Central America, it's very simple. You just come to the border of the United States, you file for asylum, they let you in. There's work. It's the land of milk and honey and you just go to work and you're going to be just fine. Many of the people in the caravans at Tijuana are finding out that it's not as easy to get into the U.S. as they thought. They were told something that's not true. There are people, real people in real life situations caught in the middle of all of this. But the argument from the people on the opposite side of this, the ones that don't feel as if there's any rule of law that needs to be abided by, are being hypocrites in all of this. In a moment, I want you to hear, there's a guy named Raul Reyes. He's an attorney. He's a journalist. He's been on every network there is. He used to host a show on MSNBC, and he is an advocate for... Illegal crossers, there's no other way of putting it. Reyes gives a such an odd defense for such a brilliant man that graduated from Harvard and from Columbia Law School. The defense he gives of not wanting any kind of a physical barrier 
is absurd. Coming up in a moment, I want you to hear what Raul Reyes says, and we're going to discuss the Christmas message from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying, remember, Jesus was a refugee. All of that happens here in just a couple of moments. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I really love my office chair. It's not a no-name superstore piece of junk. I'm talking about the new X-Chair office chair. It's modern. It's stylish. It's really luxurious. It is the most comfortable chair that you can sit in. It's an X-Chair. You'll have more energy. You'll concentrate better. You'll be more productive. Sitting in it is believing. And now X-Chair is introducing a new model available for a limited time only to my listeners. It's the X-Basic. It's got the great comfort, support, style that you expect from an X-Chair at a great price that makes it really affordable for just about anybody. All X-Chairs are on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter xchairbeck.com. Or call 844-4X-Chair. Check out the new X-Basic. No questions asked. Guaranteed complete satisfaction for 30 days. Use the promo code BECK, 844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. Hoping you had a very Merry Christmas and looking forward to a great New Year. My name is Mike Broomhead, in for Glenn Beck the rest of this week. If you're a social media user, I am on Twitter, at Broomhead Show. Interesting, I got a, a tweet from a guy named Mike Broomhead in the UK that's sick of getting my tweets. So it's at Broomhead Show if you'd like to find me on Twitter. Instagram, it's all one word, just Mike Broomhead. And then on Facebook, it's the Mike Broomhead Show fan page. If you'd like to reach out and find out more about my show locally in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I want you to hear... Raul Reyes, he, as I said, he's an attorney. He is a he is someone that's all, all over the networks. He is an advocate for these asylum seekers, and uh, it doesn't call them lawbreakers. For a guy that's a lawyer, I understand people's circumstances, but we don't allow people to do the wrong thing. So this is the defense against a barrier, a wall, a fence, whatever you want to call it. This is what Raul Reyes, a brilliant guy by all accounts, this is his defense against a barrier. He was sent home. I, I, I do think one other thing, just in terms of the facts that, as we know them, that should be sort of something that people should should think about and possibly even worry about going he- going ahead is right now. I mean, these are isolated incidents, and we don't know the circumstances. But right now, our U.S. government has a record number of migrant children in their care, fifteen thousand. And you know, worlds away in Washington, mm-hmm. it, it, politically, the president keeps talking about the wall and how he wants to build a wall and what it would do. It would likely not prevent tragedies like this because people, uh, the families of Jacqueline Call and these young men and this child, they were coming over the border to present themselves for asylum. So even if the wall were in place, we would still likely see horrific outcomes like this. So we shouldn't build a barrier because it wouldn't prevent all of the tragic things that happen is the answer. It is the silliest defense I've ever heard. Everything in life is risk and reward. Why don't people cheat on their taxes? They don't cheat on their taxes because everyone is terrified of the IRS. We've all gotten a letter from the IRS and it's like waiting for test results from a doctor. 
You set the envelope on the counter. You don't want to open it. You maybe make yourself a drink. You know you have to see what's in there, but no one's looking forward to a letter from the IRS. You don't cheat on your taxes because it's not worth the risk. People don't rob banks because of the minimum sentence for robbing banks. Everything in life is risk and reward. And when you start taking away the reward, the risk isn't worth it. Part of it is the difficulty of crossing the border. The people coming across the border, again, more and this anecdotal evidence as it is, we know that the dreamers have all been uh, categorized as road scholars and the next people that are going to cure cancer. We know that's not true. Are there good people that are dreamers? Absolutely. Do I feel for the plight of the dreamers, kids that were brought across by their parents? They are really a person without a country. They don't even remember in many cases the country where they were born, but they're not citizens of the U.S. Absolutely, I feel for them. But we also know that under the DREAM Act, there are MS-13 gang members and really bad people that fit the criteria to be dreamers that are hiding behind the DREAM Act. We are good enough to be able to fix those problems. MS-13 gang members, child sex offenders arrested by the at the U.S. border. U.S. Border Patrol agents um, arrested two convicted sex offenders and two MS-13 gang members just this week. All of them were previously deported from the U.S. The arrest happened during four separate incidents near the border in Arizona and Texas, according to U.S. Uh, border, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. One of the men, a 46-year-old Mexican national, was convicted in 02 of unlawful sexual contact with a minor in Mesa, Arizona. He was apprehended after he illegally entered the U.S. on Wednesday near Lukeville, Arizona. Anecdotal evidence, absolutely. Is it? Does it define everybody that crosses the border? No, it doesn't. But it also shows you how easy it is to continue to come back across the border. This is an argument we shouldn't be having. A Guatemalan boy died in U.S. custody. Another one. This is the second child that's passed, that's died in custody. Tragic. Horrific. We're better than that. As a nation, we're better than that. It's an overwhelmed system that the Congress refuses to do anything about. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted out over Christmas... Merry Christmas, everyone. Here's to a holiday filled with happiness, family, and love for all people, including refugees, babies in mangers, and their parents. A simplistic, quite honestly asinine view of what's happening at our border right now. You want to tug at the heartstrings with absolutely no basis in fact whatsoever on what's happening at the southern border. You turn this into a political issue, and then you say people on my side of the aisle don't care about humanity. I've been to the border. I've looked at the faces of those kids being brought in. I have pictures of them on my phone still. They remind me of the humanity of what's happening at the border. The rule of law is there for a reason. We can be a humane people a benevolent people that give refuge to those in need. But we also have to have an orderly system. Things have to be done the right way. For the sake of those trying to cross as well as it is for the citizens of the United States that are being preyed upon. 
the porous border is not just about asylum seekers. That is just the system. That's people abusing the system. They found a loophole in the system and they're abusing it. And the Congress refuses to close the loophole. We can still be a nation of refuge for people in need of refuge and still close this loophole so that you don't find adults. Why do you think that there is an over 400% increase in the number of people posing as families crossing the border? It's because they found a loophole. All we have to do is close the loophole. There is not an acknowledgement from the left that there's a problem because then they would be charged with fixing the problem. They pretend as if people like you and people like me are heartless, xenophobic isolationists that don't want people crossing our border for any purpose. They call us fear mongers. The statistics speak for themselves. This is a political battle that should not be. It should not be. Spinning off of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez statement and just coming off of the Christmas holiday, spend a few minutes in, in coming up talking about the assault on Christianity around the world. Christians at risk of extinction in the land where Christmas began is one of the headlines. We're going to talk about the assault on that and what one government in the world is now taking issue with the assault on Christianity. All that coming up in a few moments. I'm Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Are you a U.S. veteran? American Financing wants to say a huge thank you for your service. And if you haven't taken advantage of your VA benefits, then now is the time to call American Financing so they can customize your VA loan program for your new home purchase or just a refinance. You can refinance any existing mortgage into a VA loan. And now is the time to do it because the interest rates are at all-time lows. You might be able to take out cash to pay off some of your existing debt and save hundreds of dollars every single month. Here are some of the key benefits of a VA home loan. Zero down payment, no mortgage insurance, and relaxed credit requirements. American Financing has salary-based mortgage consultants, no upfront fees, and the pre-qualification takes only 10 minutes. Don't wait. Call 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing. America's home for home loans. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. There's like 40 hosts, thousands of hours of information and entertainment, and you can get it with some subscriptions at the lowest $4.99 a month. It's theblazetv.com. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas on the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Berman, and for Glenn all week, or the rest of this week, what's left of it, um... Headline caught my eye about Christianity being attacked, Christians at risk of extinction. Um, and the reason why it caught my attention is it seems like the in America, the the attack on Christmas, which we joked about the war on Christmas, to me is pretty laughable because it's a Christian holiday. But to think about the only groups of people that it is politically correct to attack would be people of faith. But it's only specific people of faith. There is a defense against people Uh, Here in America, if you say radical Islam, you're attacking the entire Muslim faith, which is an absolute falsehood. That's not true at all. You know, Americans are very good 
because of the diversity in our country with religion, where we are familiar with people of different faiths and of no faith at all in our country, uh, we can differentiate between good and bad in every religion. I, I've said before, I, I was raised, I was raised Catholic, and then I went, at, went, attended, and taught um, adult Bible studies at a Baptist church for about ten years. So my theology is all over the place, but it, I did teach at a church for over 10 years, and it was at the time was identified as a Baptist church. Well, there's an organization in America called the Westboro Baptist Church, which has no similarities whatsoever to any Baptist church I've ever been to. The fact that they claim to read from the same book that I did shocks me. So I can see how one group of people can misinterpret and steal ideas from and use a religion as an excuse to mete out horrible things. Um, although they weren't murdering anybody, they're just a hateful organization. Um, to be honest, I don't know the Muslim faith, but I can understand there are a billion Muslims in the world, not all of them, uh, and I would say the vast majority of them are not terrorists. But I can differentiate between radical Islam and someone who is just of the Muslim faith without you know, insulting the entire religion. It's like saying the Westboro Baptist Church is a horrible organization. I'm not, I am not insulting Baptists across the country because I said something about this specific group of people. But there is the British government that is now going to be looking into the assault on people of faith, of Christians. And it, it's fascinating to me how people want to, how, want, want to cherry pick their ideas. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez now wants to say Jesus was a refugee. And then people on the left who demonize anybody of faith, I'm talking about the far left, the very vocal left, demonize anybody of faith. You've got Maisie Hirono and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is one of the leading candidates for the Democrats to be president, questioning whether or not a judicial nominee going through the United States Senate could actually be a fair judge because this judge is a member of the Knights of Columbus, which is a, is a Catholic organization. So can people of faith be members of the United States government? Can this specific person be fair? And I'll ask yourself this question, no matter where you are in the political aisle, if this were someone of the Muslim faith, would Kamala Harris dare ask that question? Would she say, because of that person's faith, are they able to be a jurist? Go back and look at John Jay. You know, historically in America, this is why we are so poor in American history. We can change course. It's the brilliance of everything in life is a double-edged sword. It is a double-edged sword that we can change course in America. It's the brilliance of our Constitution. The people, through the people we elect as legislators and as president, can change course in America. But we should never lose sight of where we've come from. And to for anyone to say that our founding fathers were at best deists, and not people of faith, and not every single one of them either, but a majority of them, has never read George Washington's farewell address or when George Washington uh, instituted National Day of Prayer or Thanksgiving, when Thanksgiving was instituted by our government. You've never traveled to Washington, D.C. and seen the overtly uh, faith-based history in our country to go into... Um, into the halls of Congress, into the House of Representatives chamber, and see the overtly religious 
landmarks there. All along the walls are are profiles of great lawgivers throughout history. But the only one that's full face, the only one that's not a profile, is the one dead center of the room looking down on the podium where the House Speaker stands and where the President delivers the State of the Union address is Moses because he was the original lawgiver. It was a tribute by the Founding Fathers and by the people that built the United States Capitol years later that put that there as a remembrance of where we've come from. There are three kinds of countries when it comes to faith in America. There are theistic nations, which we are. We believe in a creator. There are atheistic nations, which are dark countries, which do not acknowledge a creator, China, Russia. And there are theocracies like Iran that run through a religious book where the Ayatollahs are the supreme leaders, whether there's a government or not. The supreme leaders rule everything. We are not a theocracy, but we're a theistic nation. We've expressly given the right to people to practice their religion, although that's been completely overrun. In the First Amendment, I'm I'm not trying to give a sermon on any level, but for those of you that have a faith, but you don't want to talk about it because you're not supposed to do it in public, you've been duped. The First Amendment protects your right to practice your religion or to not practice a religion. The assault by people saying that people of faith should not be involved in government used to be a very small, vocal and laughed at minority of people. Now you've got Kamala Harris and Maisie Hirono questioning whether a member of the Knights of Columbus can be a federal judge. Now, these are not just unknown people. These are senators. One of them is the one of the front runners to be the Democratic candidate for president, questioning whether someone can be a fair judge as a member of the Knights of Columbus. That should scare Democrats as much or more that your party believes that. That there are leaders in your party that believe somehow you are more fair by trying to take people of faith and wipe them out. And I'm not talking about you don't have to be an evangelical pastor somewhere to be a person of faith. There are people that have a very solid foundational belief in a creator. Those are the people that used to be most influential in government. Now it's questioned whether or not they have a place. They have chased the American people inside the four walls of their churches and said, you can say whatever you want there, but don't you dare leave that building and say those things outside those four walls. And we've fallen for it. We have fallen for it. I'm not a pastor. There are many times that I am a hypocrite to my faith. There's no doubt about that. I am not perfect. I'm not better than anyone. But no one will ever shake my faith, nor will anybody ever stop me from saying my faith forms the decisions I make in many cases. That's exactly the way our government was designed. And and anyone who tells you differently is you can't win that argument. I am someone who is not an expert and I can win an argument with anyone on that level. And I know there's been a, a, a frequent guest and friend of Glenn's wall builders, David Barton. If you've not been to the wall builders website, I don't think there's another person in America that is better than David Barton at explaining the Christian history in America. It's eye opening. That doesn't mean that we're going to turn into a theocracy, nor should we. We should never advocate for one faith over another. That's the brilliance of our of our country. But when you've got Great Britain now looking at the assault on Christians simply because they're Christians and asking the question, 
should we be doing something about this? You know, we have hate crimes here in America. And if you you commit a crime against someone based on their sexual orientation or color of their skin, there is a harsher punishment for you because you have um, you have committed what we call a hate crime, which is such a an oxymoron to me. If you beat somebody over the head with a baseball bat, that's a hate crime. The reason why you did it is incidental. If a straight couple walks out of a restaurant and they get mugged and beaten or a gay couple gets mugged or beaten, why should the punishment be any more severe? I don't know that it should be. Both should be treated severely. But we have set aside groups of people in America that have been classically or have been, um, um, they say, have been abused or have been um, put upon because of who they are or what they are. Well, how close are we to those things here? I don't know that people in America are getting beat up for their faith, but they sure are getting verbally beat up for their faith. Go take a look at how they're mocked by anybody who who exhibits any expression of faith, how they are mocked by the political left. You look at how it's handled in movies, how it's handled on television shows, and, and how it's changed dramatically in our lifetimes. And it's because people of faith have bought into the idea that we're supposed to keep our mouth shut about what we believe in public. And I can make a, I can make a sound argument for the, for the uh, it's called apologetics. I can defend my faith with anyone, but I don't expect anyone to believe the way I do. But I'm certainly not going to back down based on my faith. Kamala Harris, Maisie Hirono saying, and questioning whether someone that is a Christian has the ability to be fair when neither one of those two would dare do it if it was somebody that was Hindu or somebody that was Muslim. But of Christianity, especially Catholicism, they feel emboldened to question whether or not that person has the ability to be fair. That, to me, is scary. The story that caught my that made me get down this path to begin with. Christians around the world celebrate the nativity of our Savior. We gather in churches and hear the story of a Middle East where the Holy Family, as a religious minority in the Roman Empire, witnessed the birth of Christ far from their hometown. So they say, two thousand years later, the Christian communities in the Middle East, descendants of the first Christians, persevere in their faith in Christ. They live in an era of violence, unrest, and persecution, and we know that to be true. That, to me, shows you the shift in the world in the defense of people of faith. People talk about the hypocrisy of the president in invoking faith and appointing people of faith. Well, I, you know what? Every, there's hypocrisy in all of us. But anyone who doubts that there is an assault on Christianity isn't paying attention, is not paying attention whatsoever. In a moment, a little bit of good news before we finish out this first hour of the show. A great act of kindness by a young man thanking his parents. I thought this story was one that I would want to share. There's enough bad news and arguments to have. We're going to end this hour with some good news. That's coming up here in a moment. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, thanks for being here. I'm Mike Broomhead in for Glenn the rest of this week. Happy New Year. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk about the, what would happen, what's going to happen in the next session of Congress as the Democrats getting behind the biggest increase since the New Deal. We'll talk about that coming up just after the top of the next hour. 
before we close this one out, I thought this was a great story. A young kid, um, the Kansas City Royals first round pick, his name is Brady Singer. They're saying this kid is their biggest prospect that they have. He got a huge signing bonus for a young man. Um, he was the 18th pick in the 2018 draft. He got a $4.25 million signing bonus. There's a great video. If you follow me on Twitter, at Broomhead Show, it's something I just retweeted this morning. It's his parents reading a letter that he wrote them. And uh, for a young man to be this grateful and this, uh, I would say, um, mature beyond his years was terrific. Um, he said, my smile and appreciation for both of you has never stopped and it never will. You can watch this video as his mother reads this out loud and you can see the tears in his father's eyes. He said, the money you both spent traveling gear, hotel, food, and all those Gatorades I drank is much more than I could ever give you. But there's something I do want to give you. He goes on to say, I am paying off the loan from the bank. Also, I paid off all of your debt as well. Now, instead of trying to save money every weekend to replace the savings account, you drained on traveling to see me play baseball. You can spend it on yourselves because you deserve the very best. I thought that was a phenomenal story. And what a dream that would be for all of us to be in a position to repay the people that have been so good to us in our lives that have been able to that have sacrificed so much to what for us to get us to where we are because none of us get there alone there's a all of us well most of us are fiercely independent but we realize that no one gets anywhere by themselves this young man um doing a great thing for his parents i just thought it was a a little bit of good news after christmas as we head into the new year and uh, look at some of the, the good that is still in people. Even a young man like this got the world in front of him, $4 million signing bonus, and yet still had the presence of mind to do something kind like that for his parents. I thought that was terrific. As I said, coming up next hour, House Democrats lining up behind what could be the largest expansion of government in decades. They're calling it the Green New Deal after the New Deal back in the 30s. And this Green New Deal is about social justice and green, global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it. But what does it really amount to? Couple that along with what we're seeing in the economy. This is what we're facing. When we say elections have consequences, this is what we're up against. I don't know that any of it can possibly happen, but they're trying to make it happen. That's what kicks off the beginning of the next hour. We also continue our conversation about the border wall and illegal immigration. Again, social media users at Broomhead Show on Twitter, Mike Broomhead on Instagram, or the Mike Broomhead Show on Facebook. I'm Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about the economy because the Democrats signing up for possibly the biggest expansion of government since the Great Deal. They're calling it the Green New Deal. So we're going to talk about that in light of the fact that the economy is booming in spite of the stock market sell-off, unemployment way down, consumer confidence way up. That's the first part of the show. And the Second Amendment under attack again. This is an important story, and I'm going to tell you why. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Tis the season for more. More shopping online, more booking travel, more using websites to find the perfect gift. And all of that activity is happening on your device. Sometimes sketchy websites that you don't think are sketchy. Using your phone or your tablet could expose more of your personal information. And if that exposed information ends up in the hands of cyber criminals, you could have a bigger problem than an online store running out of the gift that you promised your oldest. So here's the thing. LifeLock with Norton Security now helps keep your holidays happy. LifeLock helps the threats to your identity, like somebody opening an account in your name. And Norton Security protects your devices against the cyber threats like malware. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or cyber crimes or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But if you have LifeLock with Norton Security, you have comprehensive protection for your identity and your devices. Head to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BECK for an extra 15% off your first year. That's promo code BECK, an extra 15% off now at LifeLock.com. Trust you had a Merry Christmas, and you're looking forward to a Happy New Year. My name is Mike Broomhead. I am in for Glenn the rest of this week. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. Um, the Democrats are gearing up for quite possibly the biggest expansion since the New Deal. They're calling it the Green New Deal. This has a lot to do with social justice and with climate change and the things that they're trying to change and fundamentally fix in America. Let's start with the principles at work here. The president, I think, was right about the tax cuts in many different ways that are driving people crazy. And as you know, uh, for a long time, we kept hearing that it wasn't doing anything to fix the economy on any level. It wasn't benefiting anyone but the ultra rich in America, except statistics don't lie. And eventually, even the left had to shift their thinking about this or at least their messaging about it. So go back. Let's go further back to the Obama administration. And when Barack Obama, through the work with the Congress, changed the tax structure with the Bush tax cuts, they kept in place the tax cuts for the working class, but they raised taxes on businesses and what they consider to be the wealthy in America. And at the time, the tax cuts were going to leave in place what Bush did, but they called them the Obama tax cuts. And at that time, it was going to be about worked out to about 40 bucks a week or a dollar an hour. In uh, the paychecks of working Americans, to which Nancy Pelosi said, this goes a long way for the American people. This is a great thing that's happening for the American people. Now you fast forward. President Trump cut taxes with the Republican Congress across the board. Ninety nine percent of Americans are going to see a tax cut. The brilliance of this was doubling the standard deduction for the working families, because working families, that means a lot of money. Wealthy Americans, it doesn't deduct much from their taxes, doubling their standard deduction. But for working families, that standard deduction doubling certainly does a lot to help the bottom line for working families. But you look at the tax structure for corporations and how it was drastically reduced. They eased the ability for repatriation of dollars, and it worked. Jobs returning, manufacturing way up. Every sector has got record low unemployment with the exception of maybe one or two, and even those are down to 40-year lows. So it was hard to argue with the the effects of the economy, even though they tried. Nancy Pelosi called them crumbs. This was going to be terrible. They called them the irresponsible tax cuts. They're saying that add to the deficit. So I want to pick this apart before we get into the new deal that they're trying to work on, because I want to mirror what's happening with what they want to do and the principle of which they're resting on. When the tax cuts happened, Nancy Pelosi called them crumbs. 
interesting that when and the dollar for dollar amount was similar, it was a huge win for working Americans when Barack Obama did it. But when Trump does it, it's crumbs. These are the naysayers. I reference this all the time. If you've ever read the Communist Manifesto, there are two groups of people, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, the rich or the haves versus the have nots. The proletariat was the put upon class of people that constantly did all the work and the bourgeoisie got all the benefit. And one of the principles in the Communist Manifesto is called the immiseration of the proletariat. If you don't understand how bad you have it, we are going to explain to you how bad you have it. You think things are good. Let us tell you how bad they are. So after the tax cuts happened and businesses did what they said they were going to do, major corporations, Wells Fargo and others, upped the minimum wage in their company organically not falsely with some false raising of the minimum wage. They said entry-level positions are going to start at $15 an hour in this company. So if you're an entry-level employee just leaving school, college, whatever it is, and looking to get into a corporation, why would you go to work for other corporations that are at 12 bucks an hour, $13 an hour, when you can make 15 working entry-level for those corporations? So at a time when unemployment is so low, attracting employees, this was one of the ways they were going to do it. In addition to that, companies big and small gave either pay raises, bonuses, or added to 401ks or expanded benefit packages. Some corporations did all of the above. And it helped many working families in America, as we knew that it would, as they said it would. Companies did exactly what they said they would do by reducing the taxes on businesses big and small in America, made us more competitive internationally. So the shift came when they could no longer deny the benefit because the highest consumer confidence was in the working class in America. That also is shown by right now the early data is saying spending at Christmas time from between Thanksgiving and December 24th, 5% increase and the highest ever so far. Consumer confidence is through the roof. So the shift from the left went from crumbs to from irresponsible tax cuts and crumbs to this is just the results of the Obama economy. This was all the hard work. This is terrific. This is terrific politics. Barack Obama inherited a nightmare from George W. Bush, and he worked diligently to dig us out of that hole. And over a four-year period of digging, 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 we finally got out of the hole. And then over the next four years, the we started to gain a little bit of momentum. It was like that little train that could, climbing all the way to the top of the hill. And wouldn't you know it, just as that little train got to the top of the hill, the Trump president or the yeah, the Trump presidency began, the Obama presidency was over. So Obama, the conductor or the the train engineer, jumped off the train just as it crested the top of the hill. And luckily enough, President Trump jumped onto that train and he reaped the benefits as we just roared downhill with the Obama economy. That's the left. Horrible economy because of Bush. Trump reaps the benefits. Obama was the workhorse. That's what they're trying to sell the American people. For two reasons. One, obviously, politically, the one place that Trump has been a winner is on the economy. If they can destroy that narrative, they have a better chance in 2020. Here's the other. 
It's called the Green New Deal. See, President Trump's idea is if the government has less of the American discretionary income, the American people will fuel an economy, broaden the tax base, and you will increase revenue into the Treasury. And it's worked. Nancy Pelosi talking about the increased deficits because of the irresponsible tax cuts, she knows is a lie. You can track this. This isn't just some right-wing radio host saying this. This is a fact. There has been record revenue in the United States Treasury every quarter since the tax cuts have been implemented. The Treasury continues to gather more and more record revenue every single quarter. So how do you lower taxes and increase revenue? It's like Black Friday. How do you sell a television set for $500 less than you did before and make money? Well, because you're selling hundreds of them. You increase revenue by increasing sales by reducing prices. We all understand the principle, and that's what's at work right now. They were not irresponsible tax cuts. They did exactly as predicted by the president and his economic team. The Democrats are now trying to say it's costing the American taxpayer billions because now they want to raise taxes again on corporations because look at the money they're making. We are leaving a lot of money on the table by not taxing them. We can just raise half the taxes back before it was at 35 percent. Now it's at 22 or whatever it is. Let's just take it to 30 or 28 or 29. Split the difference. And they don't believe it's going to put a drag on the economy. They don't believe it's going to put a drag on wages. And they're wrong. They've always been wrong when it comes to this. The tax decrease is what's fueling the economy. The American taxpayer having more of their own money is good. As a matter of fact, there should be a shift in ideology. And I hope you'll sell it this way yourself. I want you to think of it this way. Nancy Pelosi, think of all of the, whether it's Nancy Pelosi in leadership or the the people that are in power saying that we are taking money away. We are giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to corporations with these tax cuts. There's a shift in that. There's a way you should look at that differently. Give me just a moment or two. I'm going to explain the difference. We're going to go over what this Green New Deal entails, exactly how much money is in there, and Rand Paul telling you just a little bit of why the government shouldn't have more of your own money as he comes out with a list of government waste that will make your head spin. Some of the things that your government wants to tax you more for and what they're doing with the money they already have complaining about deficits. We're going to do all of that here in just a couple of moments. We'll stick around for that. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Falling into debt can happen to the best of us, especially if you're supporting a growing family. But just because you're in debt now doesn't mean that you can't manage your debt smarter. If you feel like you're getting further behind, American Financing can help by consolidating your high-interest debt into one manageable monthly payment. Refinancing your home loan could also allow you to start saving up to $1,000 or more every single month. Now think about what you could do with the money, retirement, college funds, or paying off that high-interest debt. With the Federal Reserve keeping interest 
interest rates at historic lows, they only have one way to go, and that is up. And you don't want to miss this opportunity. American Financing, their mortgage consultants are salary-based, unlike others. There's no upfront fees. Don't wait. Call 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, America's home for home loans. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, thanks again. And this is a Glenn Beck program. As promised, we'll give you a couple of uh, pieces of evidence as to what's happening in the economy. Rand Paul and the overspending by your government. But first, the shift in ideology. And here it is. The next time you hear somebody on the left talk about how the federal government, the Donald Trump tax cuts, gave billions of dollars to corporations, remember this. The government didn't give corporations anything. What they did was take less. I know it sounds like semantics, but it's not. It is fundamentally and foundationally what we think as people, and it's a huge shift. It is your money to begin with. You made the money. The government takes it in taxes. I don't know of anyone that doesn't believe you should pay something to live in this country. I have a friend who is in the tax bracket where he doesn't pay much, if anything, in taxes at all federally and says that's wrong. Everybody should pay something. It's never going to happen in our lifetimes, I don't believe, where we get a fair tax system where everybody pays something. No one is going to say to the American people, there's half the country that pays nothing in federal income taxes, and that's wrong. Everybody is going to pay something. I don't believe it's ever, ever anyone's going to have the political courage to do that. But don't believe for a moment that the government gave billions of dollars to anyone. What they've done is taken billions less from them. They didn't give them anything. The idea that Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, name all of the Democratic leadership believes that the government gave anybody anything tells you what they believe. It wasn't the government's to give. It was yours to give to the government. They took less. And it's worked. And here's what they've done with that money. The government debt grows to $22 trillion. That falls on the shoulders of a Republican-led Congress. They weren't going to get the 60 votes they needed by the Democrats in the Senate, but they should have fought harder. Look how the Democrats fight tooth and nail, fair and unfair, to get tax increases. Why didn't the, gov- why didn't the Republicans fight like that fair and unfair tooth and nail for spending cuts? And they didn't. In order to get the tax cuts... They had to give back increases in government programs. Doesn't make sense, does it? If there is less need for unemployment and less need for food stamps, food assistance, less need for welfare programs, why would we increase spending in those programs? Well, because the Democrats have to go back to their constituents and say, even though we gave billions to corporations, we got more for you. The Republicans got to be held accountable. They were holding and still are for a short time, the purse strings. You think there's a chance in hell, sorry, for for us to have a tax cut with a Nancy Pelosi-led House of Representatives? 
Rand Paul came out with he called the Festivus edition of the Waste Report. Here's how some of your money was spent. Provided a stipend to soldiers in the Somali National Army, $76 million. Promoted the already overcrowded farmer's market industry, $13 million. Taught Rwanda special interest groups, citizens how to lobby, $250,000. Used a theater to combat homelessness and poverty, fifteen grand. Studied, I can't believe this is true. They studied the sexual habits of quails, and I don't mean the former vice president, I mean the birds, on cocaine. They spent $874,000 in the National Institute for Health. Funded a fictionalized opera about Prince Harry for fifteen grand. Made videos marketing U.S. colleges to Indian students, 75000 they blew leaf blowers at lizards for 75 grand supported legislative priorities in libya a million dollars <throat> put on plays in afghanistan the department of state for 200 grand studied horse and donkey hunting for 360 grand supported egyptian tourism for 18 million dollars Paid British student social activist to the U.S. $200,000. Encouraged people in the Republic of Congo $35,000, the use of local resources. Study daydreaming, National Institute of Health, $2.4 million to study daydreaming. How do I get involved in one of these studies? I'm just trying to look at some of the other highlights here. Taught female entrepreneurs in India how to vlog, video blogging for 50 grand. Supported asset seizure programs in Paraguay for $400,000. To the tune of $114.5 million to the American taxpayer. So when the government complains or when, when we talk about, when we hear the Democrats say that we have an income problem, we need to raise taxes There's two fronts we should be fighting on. Number one, there's record revenue into the Treasury. We do not have an income problem in the United States. We have a spending problem in the United States. That's evident. And the example that I use most often, and, and I mean no disrespect to Elton John, the singer, Elton John was very, very vocal and very honest about his filing bankruptcy. And he filed bankruptcy because even at the millions of dollars he made with his music and continues to make with his music, he spent more than he made, if you can imagine that. That's what the American government does. So now the Democrats want to do something called the Green New Deal. And in this Green New Deal calls for creating a House committee to draft legislation to fight global warming, turn the U.S. economy into something to what Vermont uh, Senator Bernie Sanders envisions. The Green New Deal could be a preview to what the policies of the Democratic Party will back in 2020. Will the American people enlarge the size of an already bloated government? If they are already spending at a deficit of $22 trillion dollars, Why would any American, Republican or Democrat, give them more money to waste? Think about you as a as someone 
who has lines of credit, whether it's credit cards, loans, whatever it is, at some point the bank says to you, we're not giving you any more money. And they don't give you any more money because you haven't been responsible with the money they've given you. At what point do the American people in mass, the independents and the Republicans, if not the Democrats, stand up and say you've mismanaged everything you've gotten so far until you get your affairs in order? We're done with this. And yet the Democrats in the House are going to fight for a tax increase. It's insane. What we're going to do next half hour, New York Times reporter are advocating for tracking gun purchases made with credit cards because some mass shooters have used credit cards to buy weapons. We're going to talk about your Second Amendment and how to fight for those rights, why it's important. First Amendment, Second Amendment on the docket coming up here in just the next half hour. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stick around. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I really love my office chair. It's not a no-name superstore piece of junk. I'm talking about the new X-Chair office chair. It's modern. It's stylish. It's really luxurious. It is the most comfortable chair that you can sit in. It's an X chair. You'll have more energy. You'll concentrate better. You'll be more productive. Sitting in it is believing. And now X chair is introducing a new model available for a limited time only to my listeners. It's the X basic. It's got the great comfort, support, style that you expect from an X chair at a great price that makes it really affordable for just about anybody. All X chairs are on sale now for a hundred dollars off go to xchairbeck.com that's the letter xchairbeck.com or call 844-4x-chair check out the new x basic no questions asked guaranteed complete satisfaction for 30 days use the promo code beck 844-4x-chair or xchairbeck.com all of your favorite voices are now under one roof. It's TheBlazeTV.com. Stephen Crowder, Eric Bowling, Mark Levin, me, Ali Stuckey, all of them, Blaze TV. Hey, Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Broomhead. I'm in this week for Glenn. And appreciate you spending part of your day with me. It is interesting, the New York Times printing a story insinuating that credit card companies have some responsibility in mass shootings because they allow purchases and finance them. Let that sink in for a moment. So some maniac decides that it's time to end their own life usually, and they're going to take a bunch of people with them, whether it is people they know or in some cases people they've never met before in their lives. And so because of that, a credit card company that allows you to purchase a firearm using their credit card is somehow responsible when you use that firearm to kill somebody. This is one of my favorite conversations to have with people because it is normally good people, reasonable, rational people that have lost their minds. There has got to be a shift in how you and I have a conversation with people because the narrative belongs to us and we give it away. I refuse to have this conversation with people that begins with me having to defend myself by saying I care about dead children. I'm not doing that anymore. If you tell me if you're coming from a position that either I care about dead children or I'm willing to give up some of my rights, you're wrong. 
The way you're looking at this is 100% wrong. This isn't just about my right to keep and bear arms. This is about you fixing a problem and you're not fixing the problem. If you go to a doctor because you're not feeling well and you're sick and the doctor misdiagnoses your problem and puts you on a treatment plan for the wrong thing, that is horrible. And it's usually a big mistake that's very costly because now the real problem has not been addressed and has not been fixed. And you falsely believe you're on the road to recovery. So you're no longer worried about addressing the problem because you believe you fixed it. That's why it's dangerous. So according to this New York Times article written by a guy named Andrew Ross Sorkin, credit card companies should be tracking people that make firearms purchases with their credit cards. Think about how silly that is. If I use a credit card, it's 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 the holidays. I'm visiting my family in Florida. And so we go out and we decide we're going to stop at a grocery store and we're going to buy some things to make some drinks at the house. I buy this huge bottle of gin because I'm a gin drinker. And my brother drinks vodka, so he's a vodka drinker. Um, we buy rum for people that come over for drinks, a ton of mixers, and 40 pounds of ice. And we start trucking this out to the car. Anybody concerned about the people that might be drinking and driving? Now, we don't drink and drive. My brother's a cop. We don't drink and drive. But, man, the concern's there. What do you need all that booze for? No one's ever said that before in their life. You go into a firearm store and you buy some bulk ammunition because one of the things your family likes to do on holidays is shoot target practice. Whether you're in Arizona where I am and you go out in the desert and the great weather and do it there, you go to a firing range and range and you shoot. You walk out with a a couple of cases of ammunition. There's a segment of our society that wants you followed because now you're potentially a murder spree. Do you understand how misdiagnosing a problem is the issue? This is about the Second Amendment. There's no doubt that the ignorance of people that have no idea why the Second Amendment was written, what the purpose of the Second Amendment was and is, and this living, breathing document. The the people that argue that the Second Amendment, uh, that the founding fathers never had any idea that we would have the firepower that we do right now, it doesn't matter what they understood the firepower to be. There's a reason why the citizens in this country have a right to be armed, just like the government has a right to be armed. There's a reason for the Second Amendment. That's like saying the founding fathers had no idea that we would have smartphones, Twitter, which is you know where the biggest um, fights about the First Amendment happen is Twitter and other social media outlets. At the time, there was the hand crank printing press. So they had no idea the First Amendment to lead to where it is right now. They want to control your hate speech. The funny thing is, who gets to define what's hateful? That's why it's dangerous. The First Amendment protects the most controversial of speech, and it should. I believe burning the flag is quite possibly 
the most disrespectful thing you can do to your country and to veterans who have who have who have fought and bled and watched their brothers and sisters die for that flag. I think it's an immensely disrespectful, despicable thing to do. But you have a right to do it. The American flag has been used in art exhibits as a doormat pouring out of a toilet. It's been desecrated. It, and they say that's to invoke an emotional response. That's protected by the First Amendment. But those very people that would put a crucifix in a jar of urine and call it art that is meant to, you know, to exude or to to invoke that kind of drastic emotion would also tell you that you have to watch what words you use because it's hate speech. And by not using or by using gender pronouns, you're being a hateful person and you should be thrown out of college. That's why the First Amendment is there to protect people's speech, because who gets to define what's hateful? Well, the Second Amendment protects all the other ones. And when the worst part is when they believe they're curing a problem, they're not. Nancy Pelosi said we are going to get reasonable background checks. I don't know what that's going to solve and neither does she. But it sure feels like they're doing something, doesn't it? After Sandy Hook, which was a horrifying experience for me. And for everybody else who had to try to discuss this, talk about it, the imagining family members being told their children were murdered at school. I can't imagine a more devastating thing to have happen to a parent. And after that happened, the anti-gun people said, we want background checks for any gun transaction with the exclusion of immediate family members, that you wouldn't have to get a background check. The kid that committed that horrible crime, Adam Lanza, he got those guns from his mother. Now, first of all, A, he was too young to have them, so he already broke one gun law. Um, when I say he got them from his mother, he murdered her in, his, in her sleep with them. So he killed his mother, another violation of the gun laws. And then he went and committed that heinous act. So a background check system, an enhanced background check system, would have never stopped that crime. We continue to look at the Second Amendment differently because in the minds of people on the left, the anti-gun people, a gun has one purpose, and that's to kill. And therefore, it's evil, and therefore, there is no good use for a gun, and we should get rid of them all. And you can give them all the evidence in the world of reasonable citizens that have protected their lives and the lives of the people that live in their homes and their property and done the right thing with guns in stopping crimes from happening against them or other people. And that evidence doesn't matter to them. I'm an excitable personality. I am someone who is uh, prone to argue. I never shy away from an argument. I've never brandished a weapon on a human being in my life, and it's one of the things that terrifies me the most would ever be to have to point a gun at another human being and pull the trigger. But can you imagine being in a scenario where you need to protect the people you love or someone else and you're not able to? That is the worst-case scenario for me. This assault on the Second Amendment is insulting. Because it demonizes people like you and I. More on this, and we talk about uh, General Mattis 
And what a good man he is, as I believe he is a huge loss to the Trump administration as he leaves early. You're going to hear what he said to the men and women that are serving our United States military in his address over Christmas. All of that coming up in just a few moments. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. I'm Mike Broomhead in for Glenn the rest of this week. Um, Coming up next hour, we go back to and talk about ice dropping off hundreds of people in El Paso. It's happening in cities across the country because of the overwhelmed system with the asylum seekers. So we'll get to the fallout of all that and what happens next is the president says there's no no end in sight necessarily to the shutdown until we get a barrier, whether it's a wall, fence, whatever you want to call it. So all of that will be coming up in the next hour. Going to get to this General Mattis in a moment, but I want to finish up this thought about the Second Amendment and the narrative. The two things I talk most about are the narrative because we allow it to be stolen from us, whether it's the Second Amendment issue, the abortion issue, First Amendment rights, whatever it is. We end up defending ourselves instead of making a point. But also, I've been hammering the media for the way they cover things, and a big part of that will be coming up in the next hour, how the media is covering the caravan in Tijuana and this issue of asylum seekers and what the truth and the the real truth of this is and where journalism in America is letting the American people down by not giving both sides and fitting into an, and fitting everything into the narrative they want you to hear and see. So we'll, we'll, we'll cover more of that in a bit. General Mattis shows you um, what a great man he is. The defense secretary will be sorely missed. I believe it is uh, this is a big hit to the Trump administration. I think the president is going to miss him sorely, whether he realizes it or not. What a good man General Mattis is in his Christmas address. Um, I want you to hear just a little bit of what he had to say to those men and women that are serving. Since Washington crossed the Delaware at Christmas in 1776, American troops have missed holidays at home to defend our experiment in democracy. To all you lads and lasses holding the line in 2018, on land, at sea, or in the air, thanks for keeping the faith. Merry Christmas, and may God hold you safe. I just think he's a great man. I think that his service to this country um, is is huge. I think it cannot be overstated. I, I think that he is an amazing man. I think he's done a great job as defense secretary in the years of service. I think that the greatest asset that this president brought to the table at the beginning of his presidency was surrounding himself with great people. And there have been people that have come and gone. There will be people that come and go. But a loss like this is huge. I think that his disagreement with the president, and let's just say, let's not, again, let's not overblow the disagreement here. I think it was a big mistake. But there were three secretaries of defense under President Obama, and all of them were very critical, um, that were very critical of him. Robert Gates resigned in uh, 2011, criticized Obama's role as commander in chief in his memoir. All too early in the administration's suspicion and distrust of senior military officers by senior White House officials, including the president and the vice president, became a big problem for me. I tried to manage the relationship between the commander in chief and his military leaders. So. This isn't always about everyone else, but again, the idea of the narrative and what you're being told and the severity, I think this is a big hit because of the good man that General Mattis is. I think that it's a mistake for us to pull troops out of Syria, but to act as if this is some kind of dysfunction we've never seen before, that this level of of rebuke from military leaders against the president is unheard of. 
President Obama is still looked at by the people on the left as a great American president, as commander in chief of the military. He decimated the United States military. It was not a priority for that administration. The reduction in size of the military, the not renewing or revitalizing any part of it after we had been at war for such a long time. The focus not being on the military has us in a place now where we are in deep, deep trouble. There is a report made by a bipartisan group of people that says that we could actually lose a war with not only the Chinese, but with the Russians, possibly. That the increase in spending that we've done in the military in the last year is only the tip of the iceberg. That needs to be maintained for at least 10 more years to make sure that we are the world's superpower. That the principle of peace through strength continues. That we have allowed our military to go unrepaired. We still have the greatest fighting force in the world. The men and women, the volunteers of our military are still the greatest in the world. But we don't have enough of them. And we are not giving them the equipment that they need to do the jobs that they may need to do, according to this report. One member, Senator John Kyle, was a part of that group before he went back to the Senate to replace John McCain when John McCain passed away. Uh, On my show in Arizona, talking with Senator Kyle, said this is a real issue that the United States Congress had better address. What are the chances that addressing the need for increases in military spending is something that will be taken seriously? By the next by the next Congress, especially by the House of Representatives. But General Mattis has been a, a, a great leader in American military and has been a great asset to the Trump administration. Exactly. Exactly what will happen next is now the concern coming up. Ice dropping off hundreds of people in El Paso. Asylum seekers. It's happening all over the country. What's the fallout? What happens next? What can and should be done? And when will the government reopen? All of that coming up at the beginning of the next hour of the program. Again, stay tuned. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck program. Back in a few. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about ice dropping people off all over the country. El Paso, Texas, the latest without notification of the communities. What is it doing to these communities to have people just dropped in their midst? How long will this be going on? And is there an end in sight to the government shutdown? The president throwing down the gauntlet saying there's no time soon and definitely not without a wall. We also talk about the economy of the United States, spending at Christmas time, gas prices down, all of that coming up in the next hour. I'm Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I really love my office chair. It's not a no-name superstore piece of junk. I'm talking about the new X-Chair office chair. It's modern. It's stylish. It's really luxurious. It is the most comfortable chair that you can sit in. It's an X-Chair. You'll have more energy. You'll concentrate better. You'll be more productive. Sitting in it is believing. And now X-Chair is introducing a new model available for a limited time only to my listeners. It's the X-Basic. 
It's got the great comfort, support, style that you expect from an X-Chair at a great price that makes it really affordable for just about anybody. All X-Chairs are on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter xchairbeck.com. Or call 844-4X-Chair. Check out the new X-Basic. No questions asked. Guaranteed complete satisfaction for 30 days. Use the promo code BECK, 844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. Hey, thanks for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead. Happy New Year. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We've got uh, so much going on. And to start with this hour, um, an update on the situation with Immigration and Customs Enforcement. You know, the two levels of government protecting our borders, the Border Patrol or Border Protection They are the first line of defense stopping people from crossing our border. Once people are in the country, they are then approaching ICE agents and Immigration and Customs Enforcement is charged with people that are seeking asylum. We have seen this over 400% uptick in people posing as families. These are adults bringing children that are not their own and posing as if those children are. There is a record number of people in custody right now that are unaccompanied minors. This problem goes back to the Obama administration. I will continue to harp on this. I'm in for Glenn all week. You're probably going to get tired of me saying it, but there is a narrative that needs to be shifted in the traditional media. The media in this country enjoys protections, and they always should. The media in America should be able to, unfettered, be able to question and be critical of their government, but they also have got to be fair. They should be giving both sides, which they rarely do anymore. The 24-hour news cycle, everything is breaking news. You are only hearing one side of things, and that is that is to the detriment of the American people. Now, most people are smart enough to realize you're getting a jaded view. If you listen to this show when I'm here especially, you are going to get my opinion But I deliver it as my opinion. I will try to give both sides, but I come with a set of of predisposed ideas. I have got my own set of circumstances. I come from a position on everything. You see journalists that are acting as if they are giving you unfiltered news, and they absolutely aren't. I can tell you from firsthand experience what's been going on and how long it's been going on was at the border in McAllen, Texas, when we were being overrun by unaccompanied minors. Children just left in the woods to seek out immigration and customs enforcement. Children as young as five years old, not speaking English, finding Border Patrol with notes on them that somewhere in the United States was some kind of a relative, and they were seeking asylum, given a lawyer and a hearing. We know what was happening. The difference is, And I don't understand how this happens, but the media always acted as if President Obama had the country's best interest in mind, that even when he made a mistake, it was a mistake with the best of intentions. Obamacare was a was an abysmal failure. Billions of dollars, the co-ops that were created by the federal government, these nonprofit insurance companies propped up in the healthcare exchanges by billions of dollars in loans from the American government that were supposed to drive down healthcare costs because they were not for profit companies. Every single one of them went bankrupt. All of the co-ops went out of business and billions of your tax dollars were lost in that misguided idea. 
But best of intentions, President Obama trying to insure uninsured Americans. During the influx of these unaccompanied minors into our country, they were separated by age groups. I saw this with my own eyes. And, you know, not to be too um, patronizing of the whole thing, the fight was led by Glenn Beck. It was a humanitarian mission. It had nothing to do with politics. There were people on that trip, the likes of which were Alveda King and Ted Cruz. We all were down there. We all saw with our own eyes what was going on. Children separated by age groups. So even when kids would come across the border, unless they were maybe cousins or just friends of the same age, they were separated. We saw children as I saw a kid, maybe eight years old, six years old, sitting on a cot all by himself. We were screaming then that it needed to change. The pictures released last year were thought to be of the horrible treatment by the Trump administration of these unaccompanied minors. These were pictures that were taken during the Obama administration. We know that some of these children were put into foster care by people that abused these children and put them to work as slave labor. All of this happened then. So it's not just to be critical of the Obama administration. This is to tell you that you are getting an unclear picture as they try to demonize this president. Because although the same mistakes were being made by the Obama administration, he was trying to do the right thing. This president is evil. So as soon as you disagree with somebody, they become demonized. Donald Trump was a billionaire, flashy, No one hated him. No one called him a racist and a homophobe and a xenophobe. He wasn't called any of those things. He'd won countless awards from the NAACP and diversity awards and everything else in New York City. Now, all of a sudden, he's public enemy number one. Well, somewhere in the middle is true. You know, there are those that hold him up to be the great savior, and there are those that hold him up to be the great Satan. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. You hold on to a set of ideals, and when a leader fits within the ideals you uphold, you applaud them for that. When they don't, you're critical. But if you're going to put your reliance in this country on an individual, at some point you're going to be disappointed. But the fact remains that what's happening right now has been going on for a long time. Our government has done nothing to stop it. You cannot lay this problem at the feet of Donald Trump as much as the media would say that they are going to. The need for border security goes back to the Reagan administration when the Congress let him down there. The Bush administration, it happened there. I I mentioned when I was in the other day, Bill Clinton authorized. It was during that administration where it was Duncan Hunter, a staunch Republican, Duncan Hunter Sr., that got the funding for a two-tiered wall at the southern border of of California. Well, if a two-tiered wall or fence was working then in southern California and it's working now and it was approved by Bill Clinton, who was a border hawk, how is it that now Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of the Democrats can demonize the Republicans that want a barrier now? Fence, wall, two-tier, single-tier, 30 feet tall, whatever it is, How do you demonize them for wanting this when it was fit then when Bill Clinton let it happen and wanted it to happen back in the 90s? This is an absurd argument based on politics. And instead of 
all of us, Republicans like myself, I, I'm not leaving the Republican Party, at least not now, but I don't, I don't argue with those that have. The registered independents that still think as conservatives that believe the Republican Party abandoned them, it's kind of the difference between a Puritan and a pilgrim. You're a pilgrim. You've left the party to go find something better. I would rather stay and purify it within. I think the fight needs to be inside still. I don't want to abandon that yet. But Republicans and independents and Democrats should all be together in one thing, and that is having a healthy suspicion on the behavior of those we've elected to lead us. And we don't. They keep us divided along political lines. They keep us divided in such crazy ways that we fight with each other instead of pointing the finger at all of them collectively. For all of you Democrats, there is truth in the fact that Chuck Schumer is never going to give 60 votes necessary for real border security. And you should be very critical of him for that. As Republicans, we should be critical of the Republicans that haven't taken deficit spending seriously like they promised. That when Obama was in office, we watched the huge increase in deficits. It hasn't stopped yet. It hasn't even slowed down. But when it comes to this issue, we should be very critical of a government that's done absolutely nothing about it. El Paso, Texas, 124 people and then 200 more dropped off at a bus station. Just dropped off. They have a right to be here. They're awaiting asylum hearings and they're just in the community. No job, no food, no housing, no place to live, no place to go, no future, no nothing. Just dropped off. Same thing happened in the city I live in in Phoenix, Arizona. It's happening in cities all over the country. Do you blame ICE? Well, they they have a mandate and they have to follow the law. an update on really what this is about what's happening with all of this how it's affecting our communities and what should we be doing as american citizens about it ultimately the power of the vote and the influence we have over those we elect really is in our hands if we collectively will do something about it what needs to be done an update on what's going on all of that's coming up here in just a moment i promise you that again my name is mike broomhead and this is the glenn beck program This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, it's Glenn Beck. Have you ever wanted to refinance your mortgage, but you didn't want to start a 30-year loan again? American Financing can help you. When you're refinancing to eliminate mortgage insurance, lower your rate, or consolidate high-interest debt, you don't have to worry about resetting your loan. Because at American Financing, they offer 9, 13, or 18-year loans. It's a custom loan for you. That's what you get when you put a mortgage firm like American Financing to work for you. They're not working for the banks. You get to design your mortgage based on your budget with the most competitive interest rate. Plus, with a fixed rate, no matter where the interest rates go, yours stays the same. Monthly payments won't increase. It's one call to the salary-based mortgage consultants. Call them now at 800-906-2440. 906-2440. They'll get you closed in as fast as 10 days at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
Hey, thanks for being here again. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're a social media user, you can find me on Twitter at Broomhead Show. At Broomhead Show. Don't look for Mike Broomhead. It's a poor guy in England that keeps getting my tweets. Um, I am Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram or the Mike Broomhead uh, fan page on Facebook. If you'd like to follow me there and kind of follow my my regular day to day show in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, ICE drops off hundreds of migrants in El Paso. They dropped off um, apparently no plan to help them find housing, left people stranded, small children and infants. They were dropped at a Greyhound station. A spokeswoman for Greyhound said all of a sudden a bunch of people showed up. We weren't expecting it. We weren't given prior notice. Over 200 migrants were temporarily housed in buses. Then the next day on Christmas Eve, 60 more were dropped off. More were expected to be dropped off on Christmas and then again today on the 26th. Um, ICE admitted they dropped the ball Sunday and not giving notification to the community. They were going to release 214 people at a Greyhound station. Then they told us to expect 200 more people the next day. So they are at least giving the community the opportunity to be getting shelters, hotel rooms, food, medical supplies ready for those that are coming to the community. This according to the new darling of the Democratic Party, Beto O'Rourke. In a statement to CNN, ICE suggested they were limited in what they could do. They said to mitigate the risk of holding families until past the time frame allotted by the government or to the government, ICE had to curtail reviews of post-release plans for families apprehended along the southwest border. They continued to say ICE continues to work with local and state officials and non-governmental partners in these areas to prepare to provide assistance with transportation or other services. They didn't specify in this address why they chose to drop the immigrants off in El Paso over the Christmas holiday without alerting local officials. In Phoenix, Arizona, they were notified a few weeks ago that a number, and they did not specify what that number was, a number of these people would be dropped off, and the it was sent to the Phoenix Police Department because a number of those people were going to be fitted with, with monitoring devices or you know whether they'd be ankle bracelets or otherwise, and they were telling the police that just because they were wearing the ankle bracelets doesn't mean they had necessarily committed crimes. So not necessarily committing crimes, the Phoenix police were also notified, be very careful what you do. Because, again, as a local law enforcement agency, you're not supposed to deal with federal immigration laws. Another silly idea, in my opinion. Law enforcement works hand in hand with federal agencies, which we talked about earlier. So what needs to be done? Shouldn't we all be a part of the solution to this problem? And what I mean by that is we continue to have these stupid arguments instead of facing the reality of what's going on. Our federal government is charged with a military, with border security, with infrastructure, and they're dropping the ball. And we allow that to continue. There is no doubt that border security is not what it's supposed to be. But because this president ran on the idea of a barrier, of a wall, they're not going to give him a political victory. Even the Democrats know that's true. Even the Democrats know, the voters know, that that's the case. 
that they are not going to give this president a victory or anything he can hang his hat on going into 2020. That that's political suicide for them. So the government is about getting reelected. And I'm not, uh, this isn't breaking news, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I am being Captain Obvious. But why do we tolerate it? There have been situations where we have gone to our government and said, this is not going to happen. We've shut down the switchboards of the house. We've done other things. At what point do the American people band together and say, the government works for us and they're not working right now? This doesn't work. You know, I'm friends with members of Congress from my state. These are good people. These are good, hardworking people. But nothing is getting done. Someone should be holding Chuck Schumer accountable. This is a guy that spent so many years as a border hawk. If you if Donald Trump were to just rip what Chuck Schumer said in a public setting in 2009, I believe it was. Chuck Schumer's words. Were that saying undocumented tells the American people that we are not serious about solving the problem. He went on to say, if it's illegal, you should say it's illegal. And he went on to say, I believe it's illegal and it's wrong. Speaking of illegal immigration. Where is the traditional media, the Democrat voters, the independent voters? Because they're not going to listen to Republican voters. I don't blame them. But they'll listen to the independents. You hold the power. We hold the power in the primaries. We prop the candidates up in each party. The independent voters make the decisions. Where are those independent voters saying to Chuck Schumer, where's the change coming from, Chuck? Where's the 60 votes we need to get something done so that the government can reopen? And it's not happening. The horrible treatment, and I'm going to, the humanitarian side of this, for the conservatives out there, that hate the appearance that we don't care about the humanity, we should be changing that. Let me tell you what I know about the border, because I live in a border state. When caravans of people are brought by the coyotes across the border, when the cartels are bringing people in illegally into this country, and they're leading them on these horrible, sometimes paths to their death, where it gets to be 115, 118 degrees in the desert, and people literally are dropping dead, They have makeshift stores before they get to the border itself, very close to the border, where they can buy supplies that they hopefully can carry to get them home or get them across the border into America on the trip. Do you know that one of the things that's available in those convenience stores are the similarity to, I think it's the morning after pill or something very similar. And every woman that crosses the border buys it because every woman that crosses that border expects to be raped on the trip. They're told this ahead of time. Now, I'm not saying that 100% of the women that cross are sexually assaulted, but they expect that they are. I want you to let that sink in. That by allowing a porous border and allowing an industry that illegally trucks people across the border, we're a part of letting this happen to women crossing the border. We have infants being dropped at a Greyhound station living in a bus because we don't demand that our government do something about this. It's not just about the rule of law. It's about humanity. 
We talk about the largest increase in government since the New Deal. It's called the Green New Deal. Why it's going to affect you and who's jumping on board and exactly what is it going to do. All of that in the next half hour of the program. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. If you've ever experienced heart racing, shortness of breath, or dizziness, it's possible you could have atrial fibrillation, one of the leading causes of stroke. Find out before it's too late with Cardio Mobile, the FDA-cleared personal EKG device that's just $99. To order, visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. Cardio Mobile fits in your pocket, so you can take an EKG anytime, anywhere, right when you feel a symptom. Cardio Mobile delivers a medical-grade EKG right to your smartphone. In just 30 seconds, you'll know if your heart rhythm is normal or if atrial fibrillation is detected. To order Cardio Mobile today for just $99, visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. Take unlimited EKGs morning, noon, or night, so you can always know how your heart is doing. Cardio Mobile puts peace of mind in your pocket for only $99. Order yours today. Visit Cardia.com. That's K-A-R-D-I-A dot com. Hey, need some holiday gift ideas? Check out our store. Shirts, hats, mugs. My pillow with my big fat Colonel Sanders face on it. Shop.theblaze.com. Hey, thanks for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead in for Glenn Beck all week. The Glenn Beck program. We appreciate you spending some part of your day with us. It's uh, uh, the biggest increase in government, the, the scope and size of government fixing to increase if the Democrats have their way with something called the Green New Deal, named after the New Deal, which was a huge increase in the size and scope of government. Is that what the American people want? And how is this going to be um, messaged to the American people? The Republican Party does a horrible job of messaging, and I mean that with all due respect. I've had some great guests on from the RNC on my local show in Arizona. There's some really good people there. The messaging is way off base, and whether it's because they don't have the voice from most of the traditional media, I don't know. But they don't do a very good job of articulating what's really going on. And the one thing that Republicans and Democrats and independents have in common is they don't necessarily trust the government. The Democrats right now don't like the leadership in America because both houses of Congress are being held by, at least for a short time longer, by Republicans, and so is the White House. So they don't want this president to have any power. The far-left Democrats, and some of the moderates, I guess, as well, loved the Obama administration. When Barack Obama said, I have a cell phone and a pen, they applauded him as someone that's going to get things done. This do-nothing Congress, and he's going to get things done. They are terrified, terrified that Donald Trump is going to do the same thing. So they don't want somebody that's in power that they disagree with to do exactly the same thing they applauded Barack Obama for doing. So let's go with that for a moment. They're terrified about the power of this president. Why would they empower this government with more of our tax dollars? If we are already working at a $22 trillion deficit in climbing, no end in sight from either party, why would we empower them further by letting them go deeper into our pockets? The same tax cuts that Nancy Pelosi called crumbs by this president was a huge win for the American people under Obama. Let me tell you where the tax cuts are coming from right now. Spending this holiday season 
through the roof. They're saying the biggest ever. Holiday travel, another record. Well, part of that is because gas prices are low. A gas price reduction is the closest thing that I can describe to every American as a tax cut. And here's why. I mean, it's a simple economics. I'm a simple average person. So everything's got to be reduced down to simple terms for me. The average working family that has to watch every dollar in discretionary income along with their, their, um, their, uh, along with what their requirements are, what they have to spend their money on. And so a family that is able to go out once a week, a few times a month, when there's a tax increase, or in this case, let's say a huge increase in the price of gasoline, that cuts into a family's budget. I've been there. You know, I, I, I am literally that guy that was driving around in a work truck with a five-gallon bucket full of tools making a living. I've had to make that decision on Thursday at a times in my life. Do I buy lunch today? Do I make sure I've got five bucks in my gas tank so I can get to work tomorrow to get my paycheck to start all over again next week? I've been there. I know what that life is like. I know what it's like to be one blown tire away from losing a job. As silly and as terrifying as that is for working families, that's a reality. So when gas prices go down, that's like found money. So you go from 225 or whatever the average is for a gallon of gas in the country right now to 325, that is cutting out people's night out. But when you go down to those low numbers, now you're freeing up income for some people to spend money on going out, doing some special things for their families. Now we can jump in the car and we can drive across the state to see family for Christmas or drive and go do something for the holidays. That's a reality for a lot of families in this country. So when you equate that to taxes in this country and you talk about a tax increase, everybody wants to pay attention to the wealthy business owner and say, oh, they can afford it. Well, they're not going to afford it. They're going to pass a tax increase onto the consumer. They always have. They always will. The biggest analogy I've had was when Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid were controlling the last time she was Speaker of the House, and they said they were going to close the loopholes on big oil. And the liberals and the media applauded it like this was some big deal in America. It was a great thing. And I laughed. First of all, every one of you listening to me that has a retirement account, a 401k or otherwise, and you have a financial advisor or someone that invests that money for you, you're invested in the oil companies. When you cost them billions, you cost your 401k money. And all it equated to was a, an increase in gas prices because closing that tax loophole meant it cost more money to produce a gallon of gasoline, which they passed on to the consumer. You didn't see them saying in what we're going to do is decrease the gasoline tax to offset. We know that the, the oil companies are going to increase your uh, the cost of a gallon of gasoline. So we're going to cut the gas tax. So in the end, the oil companies pay it on the front end. They charge it in a gallon of gasoline, but you're not going to pay it on the other end. They didn't do that. As a matter of fact, with all the fuel efficiency standards in, in the country with um, alternative fuel vehicles, they now want to charge you by the mile to drive on the freeway because they're not collecting the taxes they have before. And none of us look at it that way. So now you've got 
um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, by the way, when Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, says she's the future of the Democratic Party, I would love to have a conversation with honest Democrats that wonder how that could possibly be. She's a self-affirmed socialist, and she knows nothing. She called it the three chambers of government, not three branches of government. And the three chambers of government, she said, were the House, the Senate, and the White House. The Supreme Court justices say, what about us? You forget about us? Are we the fourth chamber or have we been replaced? She talked about being inaugurated, which doesn't happen. They're sworn in. She talked about signing pieces of legislation day one, which doesn't happen. It is amazing the small number of people in her district that elected her that she is going to be making decisions not only for her district, for the rest of the country. But she is one of the people that think this this spending on global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it, this Green New Deal, which will immensely increase the size of the government and the power they have and the oversight they have over private industry, which is going to do nothing to solve any problem when it comes to climate change or anything else, and an increase in bureaucracy to the very government that the liberals in this country detest because it's being held by the Republicans. Well, everything is cyclical. There is a pendulum that swings left and right in America, and it has my entire life. The fallout from Nixon gave us Gerald Ford, that then gave us Jimmy Carter, that then gave us Ronald Reagan. What happened with the Nixon presidency gave us Gerald Ford as president, which then gave us the very liberal and quite possibly the worst president of the 20th century, Jimmy Carter, for four years. The four years of Jimmy Carter then gave us Ronald Reagan for eight years. And we see the pendulum swing back and forth. And yet no one articulates to the independents and the left leaning people in our country. You continue to vote for increases in power by virtue of taxation and regulation of people in government to the very government that at some time you're going to detest because it's held by the Republicans. Why would you give you can't give them that power when you're in power and then magically take it away when you're not. When Harry Reid changed the rules of the Senate and invoked the nuclear option, which he at one time said would be the destruction of the Senate, when he did that, Mitch McConnell said, you're going to regret this sooner rather than later. He had no idea how quickly his prophecy was going to come true. Because of that rule change, it now only takes a simple majority in the United States Senate to approve a Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. Had Harry Reid not done that, it would have taken 60 votes to get Kavanaugh in, and we never have the debacle we had because he never gets approved. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg cannot continue on the court in the near future because of her illnesses and her age, there will be another Supreme Court nomination by this president. And if it happens in the next two years... This president will nominate somebody and only need a simple majority of Republicans to pass that nomination through. Why? Because Harry Reid changed the rules. No one articulates it that way. No one says to the political left, you continue to empower a government that one day you're going to hate. It doesn't make any sense to me.
few things still to discuss before we close out the show today. We're going to get to all of this before we close it out. we got a few more minutes left. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, thanks for being here. It's the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Broomhead. In all week for Glenn. Also, again, social media users. I am on Twitter at Broomhead Show. I hope you'll follow me there. The Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook. And if you're an Instagram user, um, Mike Broomhead, all one word, is where you can find me. Also, uh, I guess I should shamelessly plug my book. I have a book called If You're Going to Be Dumb, You Better Be Tough. You can find it on Amazon. Um, it actually has done better than I expected. I'm really proud of it. So if you're looking for something, as if you forgot to get somebody something for Christmas, you can always find the book on Amazon. It's called If You're Going to Be Dumb, You Better Be Tough, uh, which is something my mother has said to me my entire life, and I never heeded it. Um, we, we've been talking about the size and scope of government, and most people distrust it. The, the Republicans should be leading on messaging, and, and they don't. They just do not. Um, the government waste, Rand Paul puts out a list of where the government's wasting money. There is enough waste and redundancy in government that we could reduce the deficit just by taking care of those issues. But the problem is never solved because nobody holds their feet to the fire. We continue to pick sides which I'm guilty of as anybody else. And then what we don't do is admit when our side is part of the blame. I've got some close friends, as I mentioned before, that are in Congress. I think the Freedom Caucus has done a great service to the House of Representatives, but they their voice is muted many times. We don't hold people accountable for getting things done. It's the only place I've ever seen where we do this. In sports, we love our teams like we do. I equate sports to politics all the time. You look at a you look at a a professional football game. I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. I live in Arizona, not having a good year. Uh, but the owner of the Cardinals, Michael Bidwell, has done a great job with this team over the last decade of turning them into a winner. And the fans have come with an expectation of winning. And when it doesn't work out, changes. I imagine there's going to be big changes on that team at the end of this year because they haven't put a winner on the field. I imagine that there are going to be people in very high-level positions that will be switched out because there is an expectation in sports of success. And if you're not going to succeed, no harm, no foul, but we're moving on. You know, and... uh the Philadelphia Eagles are a great example of that years ago. Their their coach is legendary. They're going to name streets after their coach. The, the, they were stagnant. They weren't winning, so they replaced him. He went and he coached the Kansas City Chiefs, doing a great job there. He's flourishing in Kansas City, but it was time for a change. At the time, there was a time for a change in the Philadelphia Eagles. They went on to win a Super Bowl. That doesn't mean they didn't love the coach any less. It was time for a change. Here we are in American politics. We dig in. Congress is what, about a 10% approval rating? I mean, barely above 10%. And yet, we continue to reelect our representative because we like ours. It's the other 434 that are terrible. It doesn't make sense. There are some times, and I've got good friends there. There are times when changes have to be made because there are not things. Send a message. And we don't send the message. We say government waste as if somehow no one has control over it. Sure there is. There are lots of people that have control over it. If you're the boss, if you're the owner of a company and there are departments within your control because you own the company that are wasting money, you end it or those people get replaced. That's what we do. There is an expectation of success in sports. And when that level is not met, they make changes, whether you like that person or not. 
We had a coach, took us to a Super Bowl in the Arizona Cardinals. A couple of years later, the team was down. He was replaced. Doesn't mean we didn't love him. We don't appreciate what he did. The owners of the team made a decision that some changes had to be made. It happens all the time because there is an expectation of of excellence by the fans. If you're not excellent, the fans will go away. They vote with their wallets. Well, the American people choose sides in American politics and do nothing to hold the people they even like accountable. And I don't understand it. Collectively, all of us like football fans, whether no matter what team you're a fan of, we make sure we want excellence or we'll go somewhere else. They showed that with the kneeling. Attendance was down for a while. We don't want the controversy. No matter where you were on the issue, we want excellent excellence on the field or we'll go somewhere else. We should be doing the same thing. Changes where necessary. I'll be back tomorrow for Glenn. So I hope you'll join me again on the show tomorrow. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead. Social media at Broomhead Show on Twitter. Mike Broomhead on Instagram or the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook. Would love to hear from you. I do manage my own accounts. Would love to talk with you. I'll be back tomorrow on the show. I hope you'll join me then. Looking forward to a happy new year. I'll be in all week. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. You're listening to Glenn Beck.